You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutant, because it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. One of my very most favoritest times of the week, to be perfectly ungrammatical. <laughs> and so we're going to answer... It's the favoritest. Yeah, so we're going to answer your questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. And just a reminder, if you want to uh, phone it in, uh, 877-726-8255 is the number to call during our program, which is heard from noon to 2 p.m. on Saturdays, uh, that's Eastern Time. Uh, or you can call 877-726-8255 anytime you like and record a question. We've been getting good questions on the radio program as well, and then I answer them on the air. So uh, what's our next question, please, Lily? This comes all the way from Ireland, from Catherine. All right. I absolutely love your radio program. I listen religiously to the podcast from Ireland. Oh, great. Thank you, Catherine. Well, maybe I, we should do a remote from Ireland. Oh, that would be good. fun. The Emerald Isle. That'd be okay. Really fun. I'll go. We'll find a health food store. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a friend who was diagnosed with idiopathic thrombocytopenia, mm-hmm. platelet count of 134,000, right. some time ago. And now has recently been diagnosed with polycythemia vera. Any advices to supplements or course of treatment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that uh, the world's expert on the subject is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, but not me. Ah. He's a hematologist oncologist who is an expert on what are called myeloproliferative diseases. Mm -hmm. And I believe he's at Mount Sinai Hospital here in New York. And go. I met him early on in my career. I was a medical student. He was already, I think, uh, a hematology fellow. Uh-huh. And uh, mm-hmm. I came across him in the hospital. I was at Lenox Hill Hospital. And I looked at his name tag, and he looked at my name tag. And uh, there was like a moment of silence. <laughs> and I said... Uh, no, I s- I'm Ronald Hoffman. No, I'm Ronald Hoffman. <laughs> and I said, if you give me $500, I'll relocate to another city. <laughs> Because I'm going to be a doctor here in New York. Yeah. yeah. And so there's, there is confusion sometimes about that because I get sometimes his, you know, mail and, you know, people confuse me with him. And, oh, right. And, and I with, and he with me. But so he, uh, what's of interest is, well, first of all, what are these conditions? Yeah. Myeloproliferative. Well, Milo means the bone marrow. Mm-hmm. And proliferation means that the bone marrow is kind of going crazy and it's pumping out its products. Mm-hmm. The first one was 
thrombocyte was it? thrombocytopenia. Thrombocytopenia. So it actually started as a poverty, a poverty of penia means like penury, poverty yeah. of platelets. Mm -hmm. But then it morphed, which it sometimes does, into an overproduction yeah. of red blood cells, mm -hmm. right? Polycythemia. Po polycythemia vera. Which is red blood cell proliferation, which originally gets treated simply by drawing off blood because it's too many red blood cells. But then it kind of goes crazy, and now there are new biological medications that can target this. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, People ask me, what's the nutritional management for this? And the answer is, taint none, because wow. it's very limited. It's what this is yeah. the way that these things happen is that they are, you know, like kind of like precancers of the blood. Something goes haywire yeah. in the gene that regulates production of these constituents of blood, platelets, mm -hmm. white blood cells, and red blood cells. And it is just a change in the chromosome of the blood cells mm -hmm. mutation. Mm -hmm. And you can't fix a mutation with a vitamin. Right. You can't fix it with, you know, more or less protein or lower carbs or, you know... It, it, Not everything has a nutritional answer. Yeah, so yeah. what you need is a molecular biology laser-like attack on that mutation. Mm -hmm. And that's what some of these new drugs are doing, and they're promising new wow. drugs. Wow. And, you know, I don't know whether they've made them way, their way over to the UK or to Ireland or to the EU, but presumably those technologies are going to be available for patients who uh, can't simply get their blood topped off from time to time. Because that's, wow. that's a short-term treatment, but eventually the condition gets worse. And you're, you know, what can happen if you have too many red blood cells? Well, we know what happens when you don't have enough. You feel tired. Yes. You don't get enough oxygen. Uh, you know, you can feel kind of... It's know, a crushing uh, fatigue. You know, mental depression. Sure. Uh, you know, your hair can, can thin. You can be very foggy. Right, that's this. anemia. But anemia. like polycythemia is the opposite of anemia. Too many red blood cells, then they, they actually can clog... The blood vessels, you can get uh, blood clots. Yeah. Um, so, mm. you know, dangerous condition. But um, there is hope with the new biologicals that they're developing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, you're asking the, the wrong Dr. Ronald Hoffman. You know? Yeah. You direct your questions to Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Right. <laughs> I, think right. I think it's Ronald A. Hoffman, by the, or I'm not even sure. Okay. Because there's another Ronald Hoffman who's an ear, nose, and throat guy. Yes. He's also, I have pretty illustrious uh, namesakes. Uh -huh. This guy, the, the ear, nose, and throat doctor, is great because uh, he caters to uh, opera singers. He also wow. is one of the original develop developers of vestibular rehabilitation, which is for people who suffer from dizziness. It's mm -hmm. like a series of, of maneuvers and physical therapy exercises that you can do to overcome vertigo. Yeah. So he's a pretty top ear guy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. A lot of Ronald Hoffman's here in New York. Right. Yeah. I mean, I get a call the other day. It's like, your uh, your uh, Mercedes is ready for pickup. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, I don't have a Mercedes, but I think it's one of the other Dr. Ronald Hoffman's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Catherine, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for that question and best of luck. 
to your friends. Uh, let's yeah. Kiss the Blarney Stone. Yeah. Kiss the Blarney Stone for us. We have we've got a nice comment here. Uh, excellent essay from a man I admire. I've added orthorexia to my vocabulary. He's okay. talking about your article. Yes, which in is, this week's newsletter, which is interesting because that only just popped this morning, it and did. he's like on it, and he said, "Yeah." Okay, so, uh, what that refers to is there was a colleague of mine uh, many years ago. So I think it was the 1990s, mm -hmm. maybe the late 80s, and his name was Dr. Stephen Bratman. Ah, and he was like me, an integrative physician, but he coined a term uh, that you can look up in Wikipedia, and there's a detailed article on it. It's called orthorexia nervosa, mm -hmm. and it's a very interesting um, one of the um, unintended consequences of uh, a holistic orientation. Yes, is we tend to first of all, there are a lot of people who don't; they just don't. Nothing makes a difference in them. They put whatever they want into their pie hole. There's no yeah. awareness whatsoever of nope. the consequences of diet. We try to inculcate people with the belief that diet matters. Yeah, garbage in, garbage out. Right. But some people take it to an extreme. Yes. They also tend to look at environmental hazards, you know, uh, which are real, which mm -hmm. are real. Uh, mm -hmm. They're constantly beset with worries about getting exposed to toxins and, you know, uh, electromagnetic radiation, you name it. Yeah. I mean, these things are ubiquitous facts of modern life. Not that we should ignore them. But to become obsessed with a very, very narrow range of eating and a very, very cloistered lifestyle. Yes, um, and very judgmental and very unforgiving. Yes, that too. With oneself, yeah. which is very, it's, that's debilitating. Yeah. Makes it hard to it's, find any joy. It's socially isolating. It's like, yeah. you know, look at all these. Oh, I'm not going to go there because yeah. I'm not going to eat that. Yeah, yeah. All right, stay home. Yeah. Really? Okay, it's that kind of a thing. Yeah, so, so it's, it is. So it it is. It's kind of a, a play on the term anorexia nervosa. Right. But ortho means straight. Yeah. That's why. Correct. Correct. Or, yeah. That's what we call orthomolecular medicine. Is ortho means to straighten something out. Yeah. Like orthopedics. Orthopedics. To yes, straighten yes, 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 something yes. out. Mm -hmm. So ortho, uh, is it, it's a great term. Orthorexia is like, like a. So straight and narrow, yeah, uh, that it's orthorexia nervosa, right? You know that it's, it's an eating disorder. It's yes. still an eating disorder when yeah. you're that preoccupied yeah. with eating correctly all the time. No room for leeway. No so, room for vacation. No room for so I I don't want to imbue our listeners with orthorexia nervosa. I mean, because that, that may be an unintended consequence of messaging sure. about. Diet and environmental toxins, and also, you know, some people think of themselves as being toxic. You know, they think, oh my goodness, I have to clean up my microbiome. Yes. I need to purge. I need to detoxify. I need to do a detox. You know, it's like, uh, and, and then that could lead to kind of an eating disorder. That's you know? true, too. Uh, people find themselves backed into a corner when they're told they have 17 different foods they have to eliminate because it's found they're found to be allergic to it but if it's 17 foods that is often a lot of noise mm -hmm. having to do more with the leaky gut than yeah. being so reactive to so many different foods it makes it also almost impossible to go through your day when there's yeah. nothing left to eat and so unfortunately it's a consequence for those who may 
life is life is tough to enough yeah. without making it into a minefield. Oh my goodness! And, which it literally is in the Ukraine, but here, fortunately, not. Right. So let's not make minefields where they don't exist. Yes. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, let's try to uh, maintain our discretion about potential harmful things. True. True. And yet not. Uh, make it a destructive obsession. Yes. Okay. Yes, because that's not good for health either. Right. Right. So, and not to mm -hmm. aggravate your concerns, but we still have this issue. And you know, at the same time that we don't want to be obsessed with environmental harms, uh, we still want to make sure that we're living in a world that is as free as possible from mm -hmm. things that we deliberately introduce into the environment. And that's why we have our BanPFAS.org campaign. Yes. I want to remind you of it. Uh, join me in filling out the forms at BanPFAS.org to send messages to Congress, the EPA, and the FDA urging them to protect the public and ban PFAS for good. You know, we can't go from one extreme to the other. It's like, yeah, don't have orthorexia or nervosa, but let's not have a free fire zone True. for really ultra-processed foods and harmful environmental chemicals. Yes. You know, yeah. there's got to be... Control happy, the controllables. Happy medium. You know, yeah. there has to be happy medium. Yeah. And we could do what we can do, and that should be that should be good enough. Yeah. All right. Do you have more questions? Or yes, from Jim. Hi, Dr. Hoffman, Layla. Thanks for all your insight. I'm 65 and trying to keep my hair. He's 65. It's thinned a bit, but several months ago I read a report in the New York Times that taking minoxidil orally helps mm -hmm. daily with yeah. hair loss. I use a topical minoxidil solution. In addition, I take spoonfuls of organic pumpkin oil a few times a week in a B-complex. seems to be working. I'm staying away from Proscar due to possible prostate side effects, prostate cancer side effects. Proscar. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so, so what can you do? I mean... You know, males tend to lose their hair. Uh, it's called androgenic alopecia. Yeah. And... That means they got plenty of testosterone. Right. Which is like a good thing. Right. And then it gets made into DHT, dehydrotestosterone, which is especially uh, likely to promote hair thinning. Uh, drugs like Proscar and Avidart block the conversion of testosterone to DHT. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, there are some concerns that that may have subtle effects on mood and even libido. Sure. And uh, the guy, the concern that this guy brings up is actually it is not that those drugs increase the risk for prostate cancer. They may somewhat reduce the risk for prostate cancer, but when prostate cancer breaks through those drugs, it tends to be more aggressive. So it's huh. not like those drugs make the cancer come. Yeah. It's just that if they have a type of cancer that is not responsive to hormone blockade, that's the more aggressive kind of cancer, and mm -hmm. that's why those drugs have some aura of being associated with prostate cancer, but it's not really because they cause prostate cancer. They shrink the prostate, in fact. That's what their original purpose was, uh -huh. but the, the, the side effect, the beneficial side effect, is they help to preserve hair. Now, minoxidil, interesting. So, minoxidil is a blood pressure drug that was pioneered many years ago, and then it was discovered that it has an unfortunate side effect. It makes you look like a hairy werewolf. 
and it will even grow hair on your palms. Oh my goodness! It'll make your hair it, so it, it's it's wow. really not advisable. Uh, it works to lower blood pressure, but this unfortunate side effect precluded its use as a blood pressure medication. So it hung around for a while, and as so often happens, sometimes drugs are revisited because somebody got the idea like, hey, maybe if we give this not at the dose for blood pressure, but if we put it into a cream or a foam or a liquid and sprinkle it on people's hair, it'll make the hair grow. And it does. It's a little bit like miracle Grow for yeah. hair, topically. Yeah. Now, article here in the New York Times, because a mm -hmm. few uh, innovative hair specialists have said, well, Maybe if we just give a little dose, not mm -hmm. 150 milligrams. An oral but, dose of minoxidil? Uh, yeah, like 5 milligrams or mm -hmm. 2.5 milligrams. And especially women who are more sensitive to hair growth. Like, you know, sure. You know, some men's like, you know, my beard's coming in and I have to shave more. No big deal. But women, facial hair, oh, body hair. No. Oh, my God. My you chinny, know. chin, chin. Yeah, no, no good. No. So, okay. So what you can do is you can get the lowest dose of minoxidil which is available which is like five milligrams you can cut it in half mm -hmm. and you'll get some of that effect now side effects that i've heard it doesn't really at that dose it doesn't lower blood pressure uh -huh. but a couple of people have reported that they experience more uh leg swelling you oh, know wow. like they get off a plane and they go oh my god i can't put my shoes on you know mm. when they when they take the minoxidil that way so that's not everybody, but some people get that side effect from taking oral minoxidil. Does it help from the inside out? Uh, you know, you probably should apply topical minoxidil and maybe take a little bit internally huh. to get the best results for hair. Yeah, okay. maybe that could work. Now, Jim says, I've heard that Proscar can also be used topically. Would it have the same effects on yeah, the prostate? I'm, I don't know. I don't think we it's going to We do have... absorb a lot through our skin. I can't yeah. imagine how you wouldn't. I'm not sure that it's going to work like the minoxidil. Though. I see. Yeah. Okay, the topical prosker. By the way, my two brothers were bald by the time they were 60. I know you're on the cutting edge of research. <laughs> many, many thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. you know, more power to you. Just use the minoxidil if you want. Um, yeah. But i got to say that with men, there is some inevitability. I think that there will be a revolution in uh, hair loss correctives within the next decade. I think mm. they're pioneering methods that will be increasingly effective. So, look, I mean, in terms of blockbuster drugs, first there was Viagra. Right, right. right. Blockbuster drug. Yeah. By the way, discovered, you know, as a blood pressure medication. Yes, initially. again, okay. for blood pressure. Right, right. And then there are these amazing weight loss drugs like, you know, Ozempic yes. uh, and Munjaro and Wegovi, and there are going to be a whole lot more of those. That Those are yeah. absolutely game changers. And I think the next big thing will be for hair. hair for hair, and maybe other treatments like uh, some sort of regenerative medicine thing with stem cell yes. implantation or things like that. Yeah, that um, will become more ready for prime time in yeah. the future. Yeah, right. like seeding the scalp with... With mm -hmm. uh, regenerating stem cells, but you see, you know, it's not that easy, you know, with stem cells to get them to grow. Mm. It's, it's, you know. In the meantime, there's plastic surgery. Yeah, put them in it. You know, well, you know, basically. I'm I mean, thinking of the surgeon next door to our office here. Which yeah. he, he does restorative, he does you know, and does, and it's like artistry. It's like it uh, really is. You know, it's it's you have to really, uh, you know, have the right. Mm -hmm. uh, and not just the hair you on your head. You harvest from one part and you put it back on top. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting yeah. stuff. Yep. 
So Jim, some options there for you. Okay, thank you for that email. And we've got one here from Pat. Dr. Hoffman, I'm a 68-year-old woman with osteoporosis. I'm considering taking bioidentical hormone replacement. And I was told taking a saliva test to check for your hormone levels was sufficient. Should I also be taking no. a urine test? No, no, really. So, uh, first of all, hormone replacement therapy for osteoporosis doesn't work that well. Mm. So if you're going to... I mean, there should be other reasons to do it. I mean, you might, if you're having sleep problems, if you're having terrible hot flashes, if you're having like yeah. sexual problems, you know, extreme vaginal dryness, although that can be treated mm -hmm. with a topical. Yeah. Uh, if you're having yeah. like, you feel brain dead, you know, like since mm -hmm. menopause, I, my memory is shot, you know, these are reasons to consider it, you know, for quality of life. But there, if you're going to take a medicine, there are medicines that are more effective for restoring bone density and preventing fractures. Yep. Um, so, uh, now with the saliva test, in my opinion, isn't very accurate for mm -hmm. monitoring your hormone replacement therapy. I use blood tests because yeah. I want to see if I'm like way over, but mostly we do it subjectively. Like if women say, great, you know, I'm sleeping so much better, I'm having no more hot flashes, uh, I feel really good, I'm yeah. energized, I'm, I'm getting... I'm know, not brain foggy anymore, I'm, things I'm like that. I'm reviving my sex life, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sex doesn't hurt anymore. Mm -hmm. Then we think that we maybe hit the mark. Mm -hmm. um, so blood tests can blood tests do not tell you whether you need hormones because mm. invariably women who are past menopause will have low levels. Right. And women right. who are on hormones will have higher levels, but sometimes the levels aren't even that high and they feel good. True. So true. Yeah. And Pat says something very interesting here. I'm also understanding that many menopausal women have high cholesterol as a result of low hormones. Well, I would love your take on that. Not so much that. Um, it, is it, it almost like the body is making more cholesterol and then saying, here's more substrate to make more sex hormones, here you go. Well, but teleologically, that would be correct because cholesterol is a building block for yeah. the sex hormones. You know, so, uh, you know, is that the case? Uh, but it would be interesting to look at the cholesterol of postmenopausal women in a traditional society, uh, you know, who are, uh, you know, bringing water from the river across mountainous terrain yeah. and eating a very, very austere diet. And what they find in most of these cultures is that cholesterol does not progressively go up as people age in mm -hmm. either sex mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's simply people are keep moving and they're on you know, a relatively restricted diet. Yeah. So uh, metabolism is a little less forgiving as you age and your yes. cholesterol goes up, yeah. uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing because in women, a high cholesterol past when you're past the age of 75 predicts longevity. Yes. The, the, the higher your cholesterol, the more the likely you're you are. Gonna, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but caveat, caveat, if it's not accompanied by other risk factors like diabetes, hypertension, yes. and especially if you Established don't have... cardiovascular disease. Yeah, right, and especially if you don't have a high triglyceride. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about the protective role a minute, for a minute about hormones and uh, cardiovascular yeah. disease, because the Women's Health Initiative study, they found that hormone replacement therapy increased the risk of blood clots in women. 
so hence it was thought to be not good. Mm -hmm. But what they found is that when they did a sub-analysis, they found that that was not the case at all in women who started at 50 or 52. It was the case in women who had gone through menopause and started at 65 or 70. Huh. And those women may have already had pre-existing heart disease when they started the estrogen. Because estrogen, right. whether it's given as a birth control pill or given as a um, hormone replacement therapy, particularly the synthetic forms of estrogen, yeah. is thrombogenic. Yes. It tends to promote blood clots. Yeah. So when we give estrogen now, we give uh, topical estrogen, like mm -hmm. in a patch, mm -hmm. and we give natural micronized progesterone, which is, by the way, less breast cancer inducing and less clot inducing. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. uh, I know women that swear by it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, there's also some argument to be made that it kind of keeps you your blood vessels more youthful mm -hmm. and that it may have protective effects against cardiovascular disease. Yeah. Same story with testosterone. Testosterone right, right. is one of those um, Goldilocks things where uh, for some men who are very high risk of blood clots, testosterone might somewhat increase the risk for blood clots. But in general, testosterone reduces the risk for cardiovascular disease because yeah. it keeps men active. Mm -hmm. It keeps the metabolism better. It helps them retain the lean body mass exactly. better so they have more energy yeah. as well. Oh. All of that. Yeah. You know, we talk so much about menopause and we hardly talk about andropause. Is yeah. it a thing? It, it's definitely a thing, but it's much less uh, universal because... Yeah. Uh, it's certainly much less medicalized, if, yeah. I, if I may use that term. Well, yeah. you know, lately it's almost become a bit of a fad to give men testosterone, you know, uh, and uh, sometimes they don't really need it. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, it seems to be like one of those panacea things that now you can, because of COVID, now you can get it online. And there's sort of these testosterone chop shops, you know, where you right. put in, you know, some basic information and they send you your testosterone. And I don't think that that's appropriate either. You know, I think that yeah. testosterone should be targeted to specific things. I mean, I think it's made a world of difference for some of the men we treat. Yeah. But I would say, you know, among the men in my practice, maybe, I don't know, 10%, 15% are on testosterone. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not like, oh, you know, you're 60, you need testosterone. Mm-hmm. Mm mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Low T is a thing. Low T is a thing. So, if that's all the questions that we have, yeah. let me remind you that questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. We need a full mailbox for next week. We've got plenty of time to accumulate questions. Uh, you can shop hundreds of curated, vetted supplements in my full script dispensary at dearhoppinstore.com. Now, in this era where we're concerned about uh, counterfeits and fraud and product freshness, oh yeah, and uh, you know sometimes protracted delivery times, a uh, full script mm -hmm. really excels with uh, fast free shipping uh, and and storage conditions at, at the facilities. Yeah, all of they move a lot of product. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's safe, secure, and includes world class mm -hmm. customer service. Uh, you can order online. And you can actually speak to a person that's got a phone number. So uh, just, you know, you're already listening to this podcast. That means you're taking advantage of much that television medicine has to offer. You can also uh, listen to our other podcasts and your favorite podcast app. Get new episodes every weekday. I follow other podcasts and they just appear on my phone. You know, mm. it's just great. I, it's, just so, nice. it's just so great. I'm like, I'm yeah. driving along. And I don't want to listen to the news anymore. Like right. The news and the it's talk like station. So I, I, I just... In a car, uh -huh. I have uh, Apple, you know, what is it called? Apple Car or whatever it's in. You know. 
Okay. Yeah, it's you don't have that. Okay. No, so it's, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, it's 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 whatever it is. It hooks your your uh, phone up to. Okay. The, it's some kind of podcast service. Yeah, we, or and some you kind could, of well, app. No, it isn't a podcast. It's you could do like you can use the Apple Maps. You can use any of the apps I on see. your Apple phone, and it actually syncs with the with the screen in your car. Oh. New, newer cars have this. Right. Um, and it's uh, so I can listen to a podcast, and they just appear uh, on. You know, in my phone, mm-hmm. and then I just touch the screen, and I can listen. You know, if I'm stuck in traffic, I don't mind. Like I was, it took me two and a half hours to do a, uh, like a what's usually a one and a half hour drive the other night. I didn't mind because oh, I was listening to oh, good. a great podcast about genetics, yeah. and you know, I it passes the time. So mm-hmm. you know, listen in your car. Uh, you know, use your um, your apps. Uh, load your phone. Right, subscribe. it's not a waste of time then sitting in traffic, yeah. and it keeps you from getting aggravated. Well, that's what I, you know, that's actually got me through medical school because I had a long commute. I lived, I was already uh, oh. married, and I lived in the village, mm-hmm. and I had, I had to go to medical school in the Bronx, and the traffic sometimes was horrible. And I would, you know, like try to hit my morning lecture, but I would just get stuck in traffic, and I say, "Well, hang on, hang on, yeah. you didn't take the subway." I tried, I tried that for a couple of months uh-huh. and it was so wearing and tearing on me okay. that I decided to finally buy a car and yeah. drive have the flexibility. It is a long a trip on the subway to the Bronx. Well, it was it was a subway to a bus. a bus. Yeah. And so it was really long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I had, you know, so I had in the car and I listened to this we had uh, cassettes then. Mm-hmm. And I listened to Jonathan Wright and Alan Gaby oh, their nutritional goodness. series in. And Jeffrey Bland, and I got yeah. my nutrition education while I was stuck in traffic. I said, "Well, I'm stuck. I might as well get something." And so, you know, I urge silver you lining to everything. Just don't listen to random junk because it's it's there's True. just so much. Don't listen to the so-called influencers and your favorite pop star or Hollywood idol. They're not credentialed to be giving. And you even you know, even the advice. news. Like I, I can listen for an hour and On I get it, and I get yeah. it. And and by the time it's over, I'm pretty pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not good for me. Right. So how much outrage can I sustain? Exactly. And how then, angry do we want to be all the time? Right. Come so, on. So, you know, I'm just urging you to uh, yeah take advantage of what's out there, including you know not just our information, but whatever information floats your boat. I mean, if you're into bird watching, you know, do go, it. Go for it. Audubon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's like 500 bird watching podcasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much for joining us, being part of our experience. Thank you, Layla. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. I'm, Thank you, everybody. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.